long after becoming a Christian should one wait before sharing their faith? Three years? Four? The disciple Philip waited only two verses. In John chapter 1, verse 43, Philip becomes a follower of Christ. In verse 45, he's found sharing the gospel with Nathaniel. Then, as now, sharing the gospel was met with skepticism. Nathaniel's doubt revolved around Jesus' hometown. Can anything good come from Nazareth? While Nathaniel's question may seem straightforward, it's more complex than it first appears. This is typically the case with evangelistic encounters. All skeptics enter into theological discussion with myriad interests, backgrounds, and wounds. To truly address their question, one must truly hear their question. That is, one must listen with the goal of understanding, not just the goal of responding. This requires as much love as learning, as much empathy as answers. In Nathaniel's case, his question regarding Jesus' hometown has at least two aspects, cultural and theological. Culturally, Nazareth was an out-of-the-way place, a nowhere town. How could the long-awaited Messiah be found in such a seemingly insignificant place? The good news is always proclaimed in seeming weakness. While the gospel is vast and cosmic, Christ redeeming all of creation, the means of fulfilling the promise are quite humble. Preaching, sacraments, small acts of mercy and grace, and seemingly obscure acts. Resurrection is brought about through the cross. In Nathaniel's question, we're pricked with the sting of scorn. We stand vulnerable with Philip, proclaiming a message we know to be large, yet seems so small and culturally insignificant in the moment. As a Jewish believer, Nathaniel would no doubt have been interested in Philip's claim that he found the one in whom Moses and the prophets spoke. Yet, while Moses and the prophets say much about the coming Savior, they say nothing about Nazareth. While those of us familiar with the Christmas story can understand how Jesus was both from Bethlehem and of Nazareth, the question of the Messiah's origin had likely not crossed Philip's mind in his two-verse tenure as a Christian, and so it will be with our evangelistic encounters. Questions will be posed to us that we've never previously considered. Questions of Christ's deity and humanity, questions of the Bible's origin, questions of church history to do with the Crusades, Christians' involvements in the slave trade, other things like this. It should never take us off guard that non-believers have such daunting questions. The Christian faith is one of paradox and nuance, and it's lived out by imperfect, often contradictory people. With such a question on the table, one evoking matters of class, culture, and theology, one might expect the young Christian to ask for a few days to research and investigate before offering a response. But in lieu of an answer, Philip gives Nathaniel something better. He gives him an invitation. Come and see. Nathaniel wanted to stand in judgment over Jesus, evaluating this or that fact. But even if Philip had been able to answer this and all of Nathaniel's questions for point for point, Nathaniel needed more than points. He needed a person, whether he knew it or not. As Nathaniel approaches, Jesus doesn't immediately offer answers, though no doubt he saw the questions in his face. Indeed, Jesus proclaims, I saw you under the fig tree. Perhaps Nathaniel prayed under the fig tree as a child, 
Or maybe he was under a fig tree that morning. In any case, Nathaniel's doubts turned to all. He thought he would only believe if he could know. But now he began to believe once he had become known. He came to see. He left having been seen. Eventually, as he grew to know Jesus more, Philip would be able to answer the questions posed by Nathaniel. However, I'm sure his response to non-believers never changed. Come and see. Because the goal of evangelism is more than the dissemination of facts. It's the invitation into a relationship. It's the possibility of knowing and being known. It's an encounter with the living Christ. Come and see. Let's pray. Eternal Father, you gave to your incarnate Son the holy name of Jesus to be a sign of our salvation. Plant in every heart, we pray, the love of him who is the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Lift Up Your Hearts Devotionals is produced by GAFCON Global Anglicans. To support this and other GAFCON ministry, please visit gafcon.org.